Welcome to episode 17 of Define Normal. This week, I invited my friend and coworker Ashley Wallace to discuss her decision to be child-free. I feel like this conversation was important because it's something that society has deemed to be a norm. As a woman, at a certain point of your life, you get married and you have children, or at least that's the expectation. In 2021, not only do you not have to follow that norm, but families take so many different forms these days. According to the Pew Research Center's social research on childlessness, 7% of women who lack a high school diploma are childless. This figure almost doubles to 13% for those who graduated from high school or have some type of college experience. Among women with a bachelor's degree or more, about 20% are childless. In 2018, the number of babies born in the U.S. fell to the lowest level it's been in 32 years, and that rate has steadily been declining ever since. While I'm on the fence, I love the idea of having a family and leaving a legacy behind. I'm also terrified about the idea of raising a black child in America. While I'm not making any decisions anytime soon, I speak with Ashley about how she and her husband made their decision and what it's like to be child-free by choice. Enjoy my interview with Ashley. Welcome to another episode of Define Normal. Today, I'm joined by Ashley Wallace, and we are talking about her decision to not have any children. Um, Ashley, I'd love if you'd introduce yourself to the listeners. Yeah, my name is Ashley. Um, Shelby and I have known each other for a couple of years now. Um, I'm really excited to be here today and be a part of this. I'm thrilled to have you. Um, when we first met, you told me a lot about like your dogs and just like your life. I mean, marrying your husband and all those things. We we're just like getting to know each other. And one of the things is like people always ask me when I'm having kids, and you're like, I'm actually not having kids. And I remember at the time, like we didn't know each other super well, so I wasn't like, why? Like, why aren't you having kids? But lately, like just to give you some background on why I'm even asking this, like it's been such a topic amongst my friends as far as like who's married and who doesn't have kids yet and who's not married, who wants to have kids. My own sister told me recently, like she's not sold on the idea of having kids. So it's been just like a, to a hot topic. And so to start off, I'd love to know, like tell me a little bit about how you arrived at this decision. Yeah, I think it was always kind of something where I thought about it, but it wasn't ever really like, set in stone until probably after I got out of college. Cause it's not any, I didn't feel like it was a decision I had to make when I was younger. But as I started thinking about it more, I was like, huh, I've always been more interested in like animal care and like my dogs, like you said, and I've never, I was never one to like play like mom or family when I was a kid and have, you know, baby dolls that I would support. I was picking up stuffed animals and running zoos and setting up like grocery stores and doing like cashier things while people checked out and counting money. So, you know, I don't know if it was just more of my pure interest in the types of relationships that I was kind of forming with those and the things around me. But yeah, over time, I just kind of realized like it's it didn't feel important to me to have to have kids and reproduce to feel fulfilled. When you were meeting your husband and just like dating in general, did you feel like that's something you had to bring up that you didn't want to have kids? Oddly, we didn't really ever talk about it. I think it was kind of I mean, we were young at the time when we met, and I know everybody's different, but I think we were both in the same mindset of, we're just dating. I honestly didn't even know that I was going to get married to him. I was, I had just gotten out of another relationship and was like, sure, this is fine. This will be fun. He seems like an interesting person. So really and truly, the timeline of our relationship kind of got crunched down because, spoiler alert, he's active duty, so he's in the army, and got orders to go to Japan. And I was like, you're not going to Japan without me. Like I want to go. 
So that kind of triggered a little bit of an earlier marriage, I think, than we thought would probably happen on a normal scale so that I could go. But I think that was that was more of the defining moment once we got over there, got settled, life turned upside down, and we had about six months to catch our breath and understand you know, the changes that were in front of us, where we were kind of like, you know what, like, feel fine not having kids and just kind of living our lives as it is, and we're good with that. It's like a different way of having a family. Like just because you don't have kids doesn't mean you haven't had like amazing adventures and won't continue because Japan sounds like a hell of an adventure. Like I need to hear more about that later. So how did your families feel about your choice to not have children? Like when you told your parents, he told his parents, what were their reactions? You know, as any parent usually is, they're like, oh, you know, are you sure? Really thinking about it? You know, you don't want to have kids. You don't want to like give us little grandbabies. And I think from my parents' side, and I know them better because you know I grew up with them. Right. I think they were more like, okay, great, no big deal. I did grow up as an only child. Uh, my mom had me and then had health complications where she couldn't have kids anymore. So I was kind of, I was it. <laughs> so I think they kind of understood our stance. I think Owen's parents, they have a larger family. So he's one of three. And they are really excited about the idea of grandkids. So I think they took it a little bit harder. But I think it's all part of the environment. You know, like my parents had this situation where they couldn't have any more and it just was what it was and they accepted it. And um, it was kind of finite for them. And, you know, you have larger families that that's, you know, the center of their universe. My aunts and uncles are the same way too. And I think they, they've never outright said it to me, but, you know, I kind of know that they probably lean more on the side of Owen's parents where it's like, yeah, but, you know, siblings and fun and family and all of these things you could do. I, I think you get polar opposites <laughs> to answer your question. That makes sense. What do you think are the perks of being child-free? Like, what have you enjoyed about just being on this adventure with your dogs and Owen? I don't know. I feel like there are perks on either side of it because I have a lot of really close friends. And, you know, I go back to the whole Japan ex example because we had a couple of couples that we hung out with that did have kids, but they would still travel and they would take their kids with them. And it was the coolest thing. And they acted like it was no big deal. And I loved watching them operate with those crazy logistics to haul kids around to four or five different countries and just, you know, go adventure together. But I think the nice thing, in my opinion, is we can kind of flip and go when we want to. So yes, we have two dogs. It's totally different. I can call a dog sitter and have someone take care of them. It's not the same as a kid as having a kid. And I, I totally understand that those those dogs and those animals that we have are treated as family members. Mine definitely are. Shelby probably knows just as much as anybody else. That's the only thing on my Instagram if it's not food. The hardest part for us is dealing with the dog care. But the perks, if we want to say perks, are, you know, we can just do it whenever we want to. There's not a whole lot of logistics that need to happen. And trips can be to other countries. They can be two hours away. It doesn't matter. We're still able to just kind of close down on a Friday and say, let's go do this. I love that. There's a certain type of freedom that you have. Like you see the perks of people with kids, but in your life, it's like, okay, if we want to get a dog setter, like we could go on vacation tomorrow and just like have a good time, which... And we do. <laughs> and you should. I always see on Instagram, you guys are going somewhere, you're like skiing or you're traveling somewhere. And like, it's so cool that you get to take advantage. Do you hear a lot of like feedback from people about not having kids? So I ask that because when I say, oh, like, I don't know if I want to have kids. Because I mean, to be transparent, I'm on the fence. Like, I think 
I see the perks just because I love the the legacy of family. I love the idea of like hanging out with my children, my future non-existent children. And just like, I don't know. I enjoyed growing up with a family. I enjoyed having a sibling. But I think like with the way the world's going and just like how expensive it is to raise a kid, you think about like, you know, you're buying a house. Like, am I in the right school district? Like, how am I going to pay for their college? Like all of those things. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I like want to do that. But I also feel the societal pressure. Like when you say that out loud, there's kind of like a weird like, feedback. Like, oh, you don't want to have kids. So what has been the feedback? Like not even just a friends to family, friends and family, but anyone, even when you shared with me as a coworker, like what is the general response when you tell people you don't want to have children? Unfortunately, the first response that I get nine out of 10 times, which is I think the frustrating part for me is some kind of question that essentially turns into, well, what's wrong with you? So it's either they expect you to give a medical reason, they expect you to give like a financial reason, they expect you to give something other than saying, I just, I'm good. Like, this is not for me. And the minute that you do say, hey, you know what, this isn't for me. It's like, well, you're wrong. You know, I've I've been in several situations recently where we've got several friends that have very, very young, like babies. (laughs) And they're like, you don't know this yet, but you want this. And I'm like, I really don't. I'm good. I promise you. And it's, it's, it's frustrating because these are some of our close friends and having to battle that and them not trust and say like, I trust you and I'm not going to put it in your face is what's hard because there's never just really an acceptance of it. And when there is, it's always a yeah, but. Right. So you feel like you have to constantly explain your decision when you tell people like, no, Owen and I have consciously made this decision. We bought a house. It's our two dogs. We're happy. We're loving it. This is it forever. People get into that mindset of you want this and you'll change your mind. Have you ever gone through a time where you have kind of felt like your mind might change or has it been a constant like I don't want this? Because I think for me, like I don't know yet, like I'm not married. I'm not seriously dating anyone, but on my own sometimes like, yeah, I don't know if I want this, but People say to me, oh, your mind will change. Like, your mind will definitely change. But do you feel like that's a thing? Like, has your mind ever teetered? This is for me. The answer is no. I have tons of friends who absolutely have flipped and said, you know, this isn't for me. And then the next thing I know, they're like, we're having a baby. And they're so happy. One of my closest friends where we just came from um, up at West Point in New York when I first met her, and I hadn't met her until we first moved there, and she hadn't told anybody yet, but I found out a couple weeks later because they were telling people that she was pregnant, and she went through her pregnancy and was like, oh my god, I'll never do this again, I'll never do this again, had her first little girl, which is like the one child on planet Earth that if I had to take a kid, this kid I would take. So I love her to pieces. She is like hell on wheels. I can't wait to watch her grow up. But that still doesn't change my mind <laughs> to answer your question. But, you know, she went through her entire pregnancy and almost two years or right over two years of her first child. And then she was like, you know what? I think I do want another. And and that's totally okay, too. You know, meeting her first kid and me being such a fan of her, I'm like, don't blame you. If you could have two of them, why not? So, yeah, I, I don't think it'll ever be anything that'll change, though. No, not for me. I think that it's really cool that you're able to see the beauty in other people's kids, though, even though it's not for you. Like, I I love that you're like, oh, my God, I love her kid. And if I had to take one, it would be her. I personally don't want one. But like, if I had to select, it's hers. I love that. I think there's like power in being happy for those people, even though that's not what you want at all. And so when you think about like relationships, what advice would you give to people who don't want to have kids? Because you and Owen kind of just like flowed into it. You were dating young. You decided to like 
do this together, but do you think it's important to bring it up in a relationship? Like if I were saying, I don't want kids, do you think like as I'm dating now, that's something I should be sharing with people? When you're ready. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say that of the two of us, I am the adamant one that doesn't want to have kids. Owen is like, you know, I could go either way, but I really love the luxury of doing, you know, whatever we want to. And the, the whole financial piece is huge too. It is not cheap to have a kid. And I admittedly am selfish. If I want to go buy five Happy Meals at McDonald's on Sunday night to deal with Monday coming in a few days or a few hours, then I will do that. And I just enjoy having that luxury. But I think it's really important at some point when the time is right to have that conversation. Yeah, because it's not worth sacrificing something that you don't want to do and commit to long term because you didn't bring it up in the first place. Totally. It's like one of those important conversations because I think even within relationships, people think they can change the other person. Like they're like, oh, like you said no, but maybe one day you'll do it. And like, it's also very apparent that like some people feel how they feel and it's not happening. And you don't have to make a decision either. I think it's totally fair to go into a relationship and say like, I don't know if I want kids and I feel this way right now on the no fence. And I feel this way right now on the yes fence. And that's just where I am because if you would have asked me when Owen and I first started dating, what my answer was, I probably would have said, I don't really know right now. And it would have taken me another couple of years to get to the point where I'm like, nope, this isn't for us. It's good. Or it's not for me. It's good. As you think about what your life looks like as you get older without kids, like what does that look like? Because right now the traveling is awesome. And I'm sure you will have many, many years of continuing to travel. But what do you and Owen envision for your life together without kids as you grow up? Like, is it more traveling? Is it having more than one house? I mean, you guys have so many possibilities. I really don't know. I think we've been so dependent. Honestly, this is, a, this is a bad excuse, but it's true. We've been so dependent on the army telling us kind of what's happening next that I haven't thought about post-retirement life. But it's funny that you say that because we're dwindling down to what could be the end of his career if he wanted it to be, meaning 20 years in seven years. And so at that point, like, what do we do? And I mean, I couldn't even tell you what city I want to live in or like, do I want to stay in DC, Virginia area? Do I want to go back home to Texas? Am I, am I going to go be an expat somewhere? Cause I just loved Okinawa so much that I, you know, want to move back there and we'll find something to do overseas. I don't know. So I hate to tell you that I don't know the answer to it, but I think, you know, continuing adventure in whatever adventure means is what is important for us and the stability of our relationship too, because that's kind of what all of it is founded on. Just like one big adventure together. Have you found community with people who are in similar situations? Because I think, you know, I'm from the Midwest originally, and a lot of people have kids and are thinking about kids. I mean, if I look at my high school yearbook right now, like a lot of those people have kids. And it can be hard to relate. Like, I'm not married. I don't have children. So have you been able to find like-minded people who are kind of on a similar journey as you? I think it's a bit of a skewed answer for me to say this, but my answer is no. I will not like paint a pretty picture. It is lonely at times. It is particularly lonely now that we've moved to DC and we're still involved in this military community where it's very present for people to have multiple kids. And so when we want to go out and do stuff, that also commits to us going out and doing stuff with people and their kids. And Truth be told, there are times when I just don't want to. Like, I don't I don't want people to have to haul around strollers to go, you know, go to three or four different restaurants to go try things and see which ones we like. You know, I think I really just like that adult time. 
And it's, I guess it goes back to your perks question. But yeah, I think it can be a little bit lonely at times because there's not a whole lot of people, at least in our community that are kid free and want to be kid free. I do think we have some friends that have never pressed to the issue because it's not my place to ask the question that do want kids and maybe trying, I'm not sure. And it just hasn't been a successful pregnancy yet. So I try to be sensitive to that too, knowing that, you know, I don't want to walk into a room and be like, oh, you're kid free too. That's your lifestyle that you chose. Like you can't assume that, especially at our age where, you know, people are, are still now trying to, to start families and still have that time ahead and, and are established in careers and, you know, at a point in time where they can do that. Um, so. Right. I didn't even think about that. It's totally like a sensitivity thing because when you first told me, like, and this is the reason I'm even having this discussion with you, you were like, I made this conscious choice to not have children. But you're mm -hmm. right. When people don't have children and they're married, you can't assume it's always like this child-free life. It's like, maybe yeah. you're going through IVF. Maybe you've had a hard time. Like, we, You don't know. So you can't come up to them and celebrate like, yay, like you're child-free too. And they're like, actually, we've been trying to get pregnant for years and it just hasn't really worked out. But yeah, child-free. So that's really hard and that's a good point. And I also think like society puts this pressure on people to have kids and that it's like the ultimate experience. So mm -hmm. I think it's really awesome to see that like you're not necessarily buying into that. Uh, being from Texas, do you feel like that's something you got a lot? Like where you grew up, is it a society? I mean, I'm already gonna assume yes, but like yes. what was your experience <laughs> in that space? Like when you go back home, not even with your family, but with friends, like do you feel like you have to explain this a lot to them? Yeah, I think the immediate environment that I grew up in, meaning like my my parents, their friends and family, like people that were close to us in our like in our um like social group that was more defined by like my parents and who they hung out with. They were a little bit more um open-minded versus what you would expect in, you know, a, a Texas culture where, you know, you get married, you go to college, you have kids, you establish your home. Sometimes you don't leave your hometown. Like, I feel like that's the norm for a lot of um, people there. And, you know, and the, not everybody's going to fit that mold. Um, you know, college isn't for everybody. There are things that are going to be different. But I think that they did, like, in through, through I guess, through Texas and, like, my grow, growing up there, you do see a lot of that kind of expected, that societal pressure put back on you through I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to say this. It's not like my our social circle with my family and like the people that we were around a lot, but you, you get into like the high school environment and then, you know, people that you start meeting outside of your normal circle that kind of immediately ask the question, you know, oh, well, why not? What's wrong? You know, I'm, I'll meet someone. I'll go back home and I'll meet someone in my parents' retirement community. Oh, do you have kids? No. Oh, why not? What's wrong? You know, like, so I think it, it that question does come up. Yeah. It does, but like your immediate group accepts, like your your parents and the community that surrounds them totally understands why this is happening, but it's more like the broader community that's like, wait, like, why don't you have children? Yeah. And I will preface, I haven't been there since I was eight, or I guess I left it like, I left at 22. So I haven't been there in a hot minute, but um, at the time, yes. But I don't know that everybody was expecting me to have kids at that age because I wasn't married yet. So. <laughs> Um, I would love to hear what are like the things you find fulfillment in, in life and in your marriage while not being a mom. Cause I think that there's this whole narrative that like at a certain point of our lives, we become moms, we find our purpose, we find our fulfillment, but like, what are the things in life that like bring you purpose and bring you fulfillment? You, you've mentioned earlier, like going on the ski trips, going on travel, doing travel adventures. Like that's a huge part of the things that we do as a couple 
the things that I'll even do with friends, you know, in one-off situations as well. Like I love the travel aspect. That's probably the largest one. I find a lot of my identity in the work that I do, but the funny part is, is I don't, I haven't nailed down quite yet everything that's important to me in a work community and why. I know like the things that I love about my job and the things that I feel that I'm good at, but like how does that transit translate long-term? I'm still trying to work that out. And like, that's to say like, that's okay. I, I don't have this like vi this vision of how I'll fulfill myself over time. I think I have the luxury to not have to focus on raising another person and figuring that out and still focus on myself to figure that out. Cause I don't think I'm quite there yet. And even if I did, like, let's say tomorrow I woke up and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go be a zookeeper and it'll take me no time at all to figure that out. And I'm going to raise animals and be happy. And this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. And this is my purpose. And it's okay that I'm not, you know, it's a selfless service where I'm, you know, helping these animals. And then I'm also going to go have a kid because I have that figured out now, like not going to be the case. Um, I think I'll just kind of find that next thing because we should be constantly evolving as human beings. And I think that's kind of my excuse for not knowing five, 10, 20 years down the road, what the future looks like, because I want to evolve and continue to try new things. And, and this is my opportunity to do it and how I want to spend my time figuring that out. You made a really good point there about fulfillment and like the ability to just be able to do all these things when you're not raising kids, because when you take on that responsibility, it's like this expectation to kind of know what you need to do next, right? It's like, even if you don't love your job, kids are expensive, you need to like fulfill that like financial obligation. So you might have to do a job you don't love or like whatever it may be, you have this responsibility to do things for these little people. So I actually didn't really think about that of like, you don't have to, you don't have to have the answers. Cause it's like, I could quit my job tomorrow and decide your example. I want to be a zookeeper. And it's like, <laughs> we could figure that out. Like we don't have this major, like, well, what are the kids going to do? How are we going to pay for daycare? What are we going to do about this? It's like, I don't know. I'm just figuring it out that you have this agency to kind of do what you want to do always. And that's not to say like, I do have, there's, there's another gal that I was good friends with up at West Point as well. And she has four boys under the age of like seven and she is super mom. And she's still like, there's not a time where I can't say her name and know exactly what her identity is. Like the things that are her removed from her family. What does she love to do? What does she love to eat? So, I mean, people do have the ability to do that and I don't want to discredit it. I think that is phenomenal. That is amazing. It's harder to do both. I can barely like pick what I want to eat for breakfast the next morning, let alone like I can't imagine picking that for someone else and like finding my own identity, raising them, getting everybody showered. Like I just, that's a lot. <laughs> and it's not a societal norm. Like I will say that like, it's incredible that you have women that you know who are like that. And I always even champion my own mom. I feel like what's really cool about her is she had her own identity. Like her identity is not mom even to this day part of her but it's not all that she is and I think it that's really cool but it's also like it's not common like it's just yeah. not common that women are able to do both so I think it's like very special when they are and I also think that like I wish that was more of the gig I think I'd be more attracted to it um I think what's really hard for me is and my manager, my former manager at Condé, who has been on an episode, said to me, like, she has a daughter, and before she had her kid, she's like, it kind of scares me to be that mom that's like, all I talk about is my kid. Like, like yeah. that's all I have to talk about. And that really resonated with me, because I think we'd all be in a better place regardless of your decision. I mean, I haven't made one yet, and you've made yours, but it's like, 
I think if you could tell women, like, you can be so many other things while you're being a mom, more people would do it. Like, her saying that made me open the idea of, like, she wants to have a kid, but Mm -hmm. it's scary that, like, that's suddenly all I get to be. Like, a mom. Like, I don't... And, you know, when women do get to do more than that, I'm in awe of them. But, like, what if that was a norm instead of us being in awe? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Like, I just wish that we saw more of that. And I think... It might not change anyone's mind, but it would just make us more like, okay, like maybe this is a job I could actually do. What is any advice that you have for women who decided they don't want to have children and like are having a difficult time sharing it? Like, how do you stand confidently in this decision? And how do you kind of combat the people who are like asking you why and, and what's wrong with you and those kind of things? Like, how are you confident in this? I think the hardest part for me to get over, and this, I don't know, this comes with repetition, right, is answering the question. Because I'll have family members that'll come to me and say like, oh, do you have problems? Have you been to a doctor? Without even like me getting into the detail of like why I do or do not, just assuming that's right off the bat. And it used to make me really angry. I think the hardest part now, like when people ask me and that's my response, no matter how they react, I'm like, well, okay, whatever. And I think the hardest part is those that know you most when they react a way that you don't expect them to. So like when I have friends that will say, you know, oh, look, you do want one of these. I promise you do. And I'm like, you should know me better than that. I think you, a part of you feels a little disrespected. But I think the, the thing that I would recommend people do is to just take a step back. Because when I think on this particular instance of this person who said it to me, they tried really hard. And for a very long time to have kids. And so this moment for her is really important. And I think the best thing that I can do if it if it continues to bother me, which, you know, sometimes some days it does, some days it doesn't, is to sit down with her and just have a heart to heart and say, like, look, I know you really, really feel this way and think that this is how I want to um, move forward with my decision, a.k.a. changing it. But it's really not. And I would appreciate you know, if we could kind of come to some common ground, if you want to ask me questions, I'm an open book, I'm happy to answer. But otherwise, like, let's just put this to bed and not bring it back up again, because I feel like I'm constantly having to defend myself. So, you know, my experience has been people who I don't know very well, I'm just kind of like, okay, whatever. But the ones that really kind of sting are the ones that, you know, people that you would think would be in your corner, and they are in your corner. It's not, you know, this negative situation. Um, They're just, they're in a different place too. And so taking a step back and just like thinking, okay, where is this coming from and why has been super important, not only to my sanity, but to the relationship with those people as well. That makes a lot of sense. Just being able to see each other's sides, but it would really hurt if someone you knew well is like trying to convince you of something they already know about you. Like, I don't want to have kids. Like, I don't really want one of these. I know it's really happy for you, but like, enjoy. (laughs) I support you, but not for me. Yeah, I think, and like a good example, and I don't mind um, sharing this, but my, I lost my dad about six months ago and I know my mom was in a really hard place and I had gone home for about 10 days to help get everything arranged. Um, He was older. My parents are 20 years apart and they had 35 years together, which is amazing. So he's 20 years older. You know, I I know that my dad was like a baby lover, like always wanted it, was never going to pressure me into it. But, you know, I I get home. My mom is full of emotion. She's just lost her partner for the last, you know, even longer than 35 years because they dated for several years before she even said, "Okay, fine, I'll marry you. Like, stop bothering me about it. (laughs) But, you know, one of the things that she brought up was 
you know, are you sure? Can you please just reconsider? And it, it was in the heat of the moment. And that piled on with me kind of having to be this like rock for the family and, you know, get all the paperwork done, help my mom through this time. Work was going crazy. Like there were just so many things piling up. And that was the last thing I wanted to hear, especially with me, like not even having time to process the loss of a parent. And that was probably when I had my worst reaction and I just shut off and was like, that's it. And I think that's the worst thing that I ever could have done. And I know like that was also not the time to sit my mom down and be like, let's have a conversation about it. How are you feeling? Where is this coming from? I know the answers to that. So that was that's probably the defining moment that made me step back and say like, okay, how do you handle these situations? What does bother you? What doesn't bother you? Because it can range all the way from it happening at the loss of a parent to you're at dinner with friends, three margaritas deep, and they're just like, obsessed with their kid and telling you you want one too. So yeah, I, I think it's every situation you're going to react a little bit differently. Um, some are going to be harder than others. If you have the time to step back and ask yourself those questions and find a way to respond, great. If not, proceed with caution because there's obviously something else underlying on both sides. Yeah. Definitely. And I think it was awesome that you were able to give your mom grace in that moment. Like even though you're like, what are you talking about? Like, this is triggering me. Like, I just lost my dad. Like, I don't stop this. But at the same time, you're like, look, you just lost your partner. You think that this will be like helpful for the family and like a happy, bright moment. But it's like, mom, I'm not doing this. It didn't go over as well as you, you're laying it out to be. Uh, it took it took a couple hours for us to get past that, but we did. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, ultimately, like you knew where it was coming from. I think it's like very big of you in the moment to be like, okay, we're both kind of going through something right now, so that's why you said that to me, even though it's infuriating. Like I know, yeah, I'm, you know where we're at. Yeah, and it was it, for me. It was like you're saying this to me at the wrong time. And it, and it turned, I turned the tables to say, this is on me. This is me. I'm the victim here when we're both in a just like, frankly, shitty situation and right. just like word vomiting things that um, either do or don't make sense. And it's going to be that way for the next 10 days. And in retrospect, I'm like, you know, I probably wouldn't have handled it and handled it any differently. Thank you for sharing. I think that's a very real story in terms of like, even your own parents, again, who know you very well can have these reactions. And you're just like, no, <laughs> I'm not doing it. I mean, societal norms are just like, they are so hard to break, even when you're firm in what you want to do. It's just, again, I mean, my podcast is called Define Normal and it's it's normal for women to want children. And so I yeah. really want to amplify this norm of like, not everyone has to do that. And honestly, like extremely heteronormative because like there's so many people who have family models or like maybe they don't have children or like they can't have children or it would cost a fortune if you're like if two guys are married and like look we want kids it's like that's not cheap like that's not like a, a cheap endeavor and so even it could be you know financial limitations it could be physical limitations like i think we just have to let go of this norm that you're you're coupled and then you have kids and then we have to explain to people exactly why you don't want to have kids and sometimes it's very private like it's like yeah. I tried and I can't, or like, I can't afford, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so I, I just want to normalize like people living a life where they don't have kids and they're happy and they're happy for you and your kids. They just don't want their own. Yeah. Or they're happy for whatever situation. I mean, it doesn't matter how people respond to the question. If it's eh, not right now or absolutely not, or yes, please give me 50. Like, great. 
I don't need right. to press any further. I know your stance. Yeah, whatever floats your boat. I love that. Uh, thank you so much for sharing, Ashley. I love this conversation. And just like your openness is really appreciated. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it too. Yeah, of course. Thank you for listening to another episode of Define Normal. If you liked the episode or have any feedback for me, please leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Define Normal. See you next week.